Hello, and welcome to Living Word Ministry, where everyone is a winner. Join us as Pastor Charles Buachi rightly divides the word of truth. Last week I was talking about um, I was talking about obedience. How to position yourself to be blessed. And the Lord said to Abraham, because you have done this, in blessing I will bless you. Because you have been obedient by because you have been obedient to my word in blessing I will bless you. Praise the Lord. Because Abraham has been obedient to God's word, he says, In blessing I will bless you. Praise the Lord. And we did define last week what obedience is. So we want to share with you what obedience is and what it, it what and what it's not. Obedience is the voluntary lifestyle of the believer, observing with the intention to keep and to do all God has commanded. To observe the word of God, can you turn this thing down a little bit? To observe the word of God and to do what God has said you should do. To observe it with intention of doing what God has said you should do. Praise the Lord. Also is to retire or withdraw from our own desire. You know, our desire, human desire, withhold us from obeying the word of God. So we need to retire. We need to withdraw. We need to reframe ourselves from our own desire Most of the time, you will find that our desire is contrary to God's will for our lives. And we need to obey God rather than to follow our own desires. Now, someone's desire is to, you know, let me use... Samuel, at the moment, his desire is to go to maybe secondary school uni and be a, I was talking to, is it something engineering you want to do? Sorry. My tongue can't turn that around. Aeronautical engineering, whatever that is, I don't know. What is that? Engineering planes. Engineering planes. 
so one day we will have our own plane and he will be engineering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, listen. Uh, we're talking about with framing from our own desire and doing God's will. Now, if the guy has this desire, we're not saying he shouldn't follow it. Are you with me? Uh, you know, Jesus says, occupy until he comes. Whilst we are occupying, we're supposed to work. If you don't work, you shouldn't be eating. So he has a desire to excel so that he can feed himself and feed a family that God will give him. Amen? That's a good desire. And we should all follow to get better education, better life. Now, where it contradicts, it's when you want to follow a desire that is going to lead you into destruction. We say, give me an example. Well, you know, I, wa I wanted to, when I was, during the days of my reggae days, did you know that? Reggae days. Reggae. Leave me alone, will you? During the days of my reggae days, did that, does that sound right? Charlie, is that okay? Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here to correct. I, I had a desire to go to Jamaica. I had a desire to go to Jamaica. And I, I thought of moving over there. I'm serious, you know. I thought that when I'm 90, I'll be holding a walking stick going to the club, dancing. That's what I thought at the time. There's no, I didn't think anybody can stop me going to clubs. Hey! But you see, whilst I was thinking about those things, I thought of, man, I had a good job at Heinz's. And I thought, what about if I go there and it doesn't work? You know? And so, I, I didn't know God to say, well, you know, I want to follow God's will. But God, who knew me, at the time I didn't know him, had written my book, my life book. And in page chapter 3, page 17, it was written there that I should not go to Jamaica. What I'm saying is, I had a desire to go this direction. But that direction would have led me to destruction. You say, how do you know? Well, I know. 
I had already tasted a couple of marijuana. I've already tasted a couple of times. I didn't like it, but when you are in the midst of it, you might eventually like it for destruction. So I didn't go. When your desire is contrary to the word of God, when your desire is not what God wants you to do, you shouldn't follow that. Does that make sense? You must obey God. In my case, I didn't know I was obeying God. But nevertheless, the Lord knew me and helped me. Amen? Also, you must be teachable. You must be teachable. To obey God require you to be teachable. In other words, if you cannot humble yourself to be taught, you can't obey God. You need to be teachable and you need to be applicable. You need to be willing to apply yourself when the Lord is directing you, you don't, you don't just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't just obey with your mouth, but you apply yourself to what God is asking you or telling you to do. Amen? Then you are in obedience with God. Obedience is acting with attitude. Obedience is acting with attitude. Obedience is from the heart. It's of the heart. And you act with an attitude of obeying your father. Amen. If you want to obey God, it requires submission. Obedience without submission is slavery. To obey God requires submission. And if you, sub if you obey Without submission, submitting yourself, you, then you are in slavery. We know the slavery stories, and you are you are you are forced to do something. That's not obedience. And you you, you know parents knows very well. When you're telling your child to do something, their attitude counts 90%. Not the actual do act of doing, but their attitude. You know, I've told you several times, don't leave this chair here. And then he comes and 
Well, he's moved the chair, isn't it? But he has moved it without submission. And that's slavery. And sometimes I personally someone will do something for you but then in the end you wish they had never done it. You just you just even don't want it. Why? Because of the attitude behind it. You see, if we want to submit to our Father, one thing is this. Always at the back of your mind, always think that God sees more than you see. God sees everything. That's why the Bible tells us God searches the heart. He knows the intent of the heart, the intention of the heart. So, you know, it's just like, you know, when G Jesus stood up and, and they, brought, they brought their offering, and 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 the, the 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 woman who brought the you know the story of the widow's mite, he, he brought the 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 smallest coin, but then that's that was all she had. The point about it is this: she gave with her heart, not the amount. Not the quantity, not the value, but the heart from which it came is what God looks at. We must obey with our heart. We must obey willingly. We must obey with a submission heart. Obedience is not a simple requirement to believe, a, a simple request to believe. It is a command. It's not just God asking you to do something. No, God is actually commanding you to do what he's telling you to do. It is not a display of rituals, formalities, and offerings. Look in Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Um, I think Will's gone home, right? Is he here? Or oh, he's getting his phone out. Galatians 4, 9 through 10, please.
soon as he finds it, he will read it. Galatians 4, mm -hmm. 9 through 10. But now, after you have known God, or rather, are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Praise the Lord. So, Paul tell, tells the Galatians, look, you are indulging in something that is weak. How come now that you've come to know God, why are you dubbing into these things? Obedience has nothing to do with rituals. It is purely obeying God's words. It's not something we do because of a reward. We don't obey God and, and this is why many Many Christians had walked away from God disappointed because they went to God for a reward. And when the reward didn't turn up, when the reward didn't come, they got disappointed. You don't serve God for what you can get because he first loved you when you were still sinners. You serve God because you love God. Amen. When, when, I, when, I went to, when I went to church, when I went to Mama, for the five years or six years that I was there, the, it was only when we, uh, we were preparing to go to Ramah that was the only time I remember that, pray, that I prayed for myself. I never for once prayed for myself. I was always praying for others. I, I mean, it didn't even come to my, it never crossed my mind. I didn't need anything. I didn't want anything. All I wanted is to serve God. Don't let the blessings become more important than the service. If you serve, the hymn writer says, make the service of God your delight and he will make your want his care. You get fired up in serving God and God will make sure that all your needs are met. Not all your wants, but all your needs are met. Amen. Amen. Um, it is not something you do to avoid a guilty conscience. You don't obey God so that you can get rid of some 
stuff that's going through your mind. Obedience is the answer to a good and pure conscience. First Timothy three nine. First Timothy three nine. First Timothy three nine. Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. Amen. Amen. Holding the mysteries of the faith, obeying the word with a pure conscience. Amen. Obedience is the answer to a good and pure conscience. If you obey God, then you will have a pure and a good conscience. 2 Timothy 1 3. Second Timothy one three. Second Timothy one three. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Amen. Amen. Paul writing to Timothy says I serve God with a pure conscience. Why? Because I've obeyed God. I've obeyed God in doing what he has called me to do. I've obeyed to his calling. Therefore, I have a pure conscience. You know, when you don't obey, you have a guilty conscience. When, you, when somebody asks you to do something and you haven't done it, when you see the person, you, you feel uncomfortable. Is that right? So we need to respond to God's word and then we are set free. Do you know why some people, you know, um, no longer a slave? We, 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 the team that we had here at our own, um, worship night, no longer a slave to what? To fear. Well, you see, the reason why we fall into fear and the reason why we become slave to fear is because we haven't done what we should do. And it's because we've done something wrong. That's why we have fear. But if you build yourself in the word and you have confidence in the Lord and if you keep your hands clean, you have no fear. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hebrews 13 18. Hebrews 13, 18. Hebrews 13, 18. Mm -hmm. Pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. But I especially urge you to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Amen. Amen. So, Paul says, you know, 
pray for us. For we are confident that we have a good what? Conscience. We're confident that our motives are right. We're confident that what we want to do is right. Because we are obeying the word. When he, when he says, well, you know, everybody put something together. Put some money aside. You know, I'm going to come, you know, and, and we're going to take the offering to Jerusalem. When he's saying that, he has a pure conscience. He has a good conscience. His conscience is clear. He's not trying to, you know, take your money and go and do something else with it. Praise the Lord. And, and, and we have a, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ today that to talk about money in the church is almost, I mean, people has abused God's people so much that it's, it's really not a thing to do to talk about money in the church. Because people has abused the, the congregation. But we must have a good conscience in what we are doing. Then you have no fear. Amen. Then you have no fear. I must be teaching very good because it's quite it's very quiet here. I must be teaching good. First Peter three sixteen. First Peter three sixteen. First Peter three sixteen. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Amen. Amen. So if you obey God, you will have confidence, your conscience is clear, and other people will see your good works and see your good conduct in Christ and then they will be ashamed because they the reason why they are ashamed is because they are saying that you're not of a good standard are you with me they're condemning you behind but then when they see your good work, they are ashamed. They weren't talking about you behind your back, but when the reality came up, they were ashamed. Praise the Lord. Look at, um, you know, we talk about obedience, so we have to look at Sam, First Samuel. First Chapter 10. First Samuel chapter 10. Verse 8. First Samuel chapter 10 verse 8. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you 
and show you what you should do. Amen. Amen. First Samuel 13. And that one is a long reading. 13. 1 through 10. First Samuel 13. 1 through 10. Saul reigned one year. And when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash and in the mountains of Bethel. And 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba. And the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Now all Israel heard it said that Saul had attacked a garrison of the Philistines, and the Israel had become an abomination of the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul and Gilgal. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and people as a sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Michmash, to the east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over to the Jordan, to the land of Gad, in Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling, then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered for him from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Saul came, and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. Amen. Amen. The prophet Samuel said to Saul in chapter 10, verse 8, he says, um, you prepare all this, and in seven days I will come and we will have an offering, a burnt offering unto the Lord. So then, so Saul goes and conquers cities, and then the seven days comes when Samuel is supposed to turn up for this big ceremony, and the Bible says that when Saul realized that the people are scattered from him. The people have scattered from him. The people are no longer with him. Everybody is doing their own thing. Everybody is going and people are going to find their way out and so on and so forth. So when Saul um, 
saw this happening to him, he took charge. Sometimes, you see, there is the physical and then there is the spiritual. Now, there are spiritual things that it has not, if it has not been assigned to you, you don't do. It's good for you to fill in a gap in physical things, in natural things. But this was something that the prophet is supposed to do, not the king. There is different anointings to the king and to the prophets. There is different responsibilities. But Paul, I mean, Saul crossed the line and did what was not in his um, command to do. And in chapter 15, Let's go to chapter 15. Surely we can't read all this. Um, chapter 15. Maybe read from 9 and let's see. No, go. Okay, read from 9. Okay. Samuel chapter 15, verse 9. But so and the people spared Agag, the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lamb, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. Amen. Carry on. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself and he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then no, notice, notice that he has set up a monument for himself. The guy was not, uh, he was not for God. Are you with me? He has set up a monument for himself. Carry on. Then Samuel went to Saul. And Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears, and the lowering of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Am Amalekites, Am Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. 
And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? Come on now. And did not the Lord Thank you. you king of Israel? Do you, do you, can, you, can, you, can you hear? Can you see it? Are, 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 you, are you looking at your Bible? Can you see his fault? Saul's fault. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. Saul says to, um, Samuel says to Saul, when you were little in your own eyes, when you didn't think you were a king, when you didn't think you're too big to do this, when you were little in your own eyes, did not God make you a king? Thank you. Carry on. And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So, so hold on. Let me just drop this. You know, sometimes as a leader, you let things go, and it comes back haunting you. Now, Saul is passing on the back, passing the blame onto the people. But God sent Saul, not the people. Are you with me? God didn't tell all the Israelites, go. No, God said to Saul, go. And then he carried the people with him. So the responsibility is his. The people don't know what God has said. Or he told the people, whichever way, he is the one with the responsibility. And sometimes when you're doing something and the leader is saying, let's not do that or let's not go here. Or not, you need to understand. There are things that, you know, sometimes you don't even know why you don't want to do that. And sometimes you know why because there are things that you can't tell everybody. There are secret things that you can't tell everybody. And you say, well, we're not going this way. Or we don't want to go that way. And people are 
not understanding. See, the responsibility is on the one that has been given the commission. Praise the Lord. Carry on. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery. Amen. Idolatry, sorry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do I need to say anything? We're talking about obedience. Saul's problem was he loved rituals and ceremonial stuff. So he fell for it. Sometimes our likes our fleshly likes get in the way of what we need to do or what we should do. Pa partial obedience is not obedience at all. In fact, there is no such thing as partial obedience. You either obey or you don't obey. Amen? So church... Let us obey God with all our hearts and with everything that we have, everything that we can do. Let us obey God. Let us not make excuses. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to progress in life. But first and foremost, he wants us to obey him. When we obey him, then all other things will eventually, and I use the word market, will eventually fall into place. Doesn't happen overnight. Brad Hagen says, God's paid day. It's not every Friday or every month. But God has a payday. And his payday will surely come. If you do not give up. Let's bow down our heads. Lord, this is so, so important as a believer. We can't do anything. We can't get any far. We can't get anywhere if we will not obey your word. If we will not obey what you tell us to do, then we can't get anywhere. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, help us.
as a church, as your children, Living Word Ministries International, help us to obey in every area of our lives. Help us to surrender every area of our lives. Help us not to have a locked room in our lives that we don't want you to go in. But in every area of our homes, talking about our lives, may we be open to you because we have obeyed you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30am at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.